Hello, everybody. Thank you for listening to my podcast. Before we begin, I wanted to let you know that this podcast has a Patreon. Patreon is a membership platform that allows creators to develop a more sustainable source of financial support for their projects. My Patreon supports this podcast. If you find this podcast worthwhile, please consider becoming a patron by heading over to the Patreon link in the description. Thank you, and on with the show. Hi. Can you hear me? Can't hear you. There we go. Oh, there we go. Yeah. Yeah. How are you doing? Good. How are you doing, Eric? Good. That's um, good. I have your book. Hey. I've had it for a while now. Yeah, it says it was uh, printed on Halloween and- in 2019. Yep. So that you definitely you've had it for over a year then. Yep. Uh, I didn't have the podcast back then, or we would have been talking way before that. Um, But yeah, I tend to go follow the hashtag writing community and somehow find people and buy their books haphazardly without really thinking much about it. And uh, you happen to have fallen into that. So (laughs) that's actually awesome. I um, just started recently um, doing that where I like find other writers and I've been wishlisting all of their books on Amazon because starting next month, I'm allowing myself a book allowance to spend on other people's books. Yeah, I, um, you know, I didn't read much when I was younger. And then as an adult, my sister, I was with my sister when her kids were much younger than they are now. And they were out and about and they just were grabbing books and buying them. I'm like, what are you doing? And she's like, one of the rules I have is when we're out and about, if they want a book, they get a book. As long as there are words in it. <laughs> and I'm like, that's wonderful. And so ever since then, um, I've sort of uh, fallen into that for myself. And if I want a book, I get a book no matter what. Um, and, I like that. Uh, yeah. I, it's better than, I think, paying for streaming subscription services. I'm moving that money to something a lot more important. Um, And, you know, that was years ago. And as a result, since then, I've not only read more books than I ever thought I'd read. I've written more. I ended up pursuing an MFA in writing, which wasn't my thing. My thing has been mainly film and video. Um, And so it's interesting how a a little rule like that that my sister came up with just snowballed into this uh but uh, yeah and um i found you on instagram your book um your book is authored by Anne on instagram you're anastasia childers that's your real name yes um so um ann is actually my maiden names initials um so uh it was anastasia noel eddie and my dad always told me that if i publish a book um, that I should be, like be able to like be findable on social medias. But if anyone had like for whatever reason wanted to try and find me, it'd be a lot harder to find me by my pen name. Um, so you can still find me by Anne on um, Instagram because I changed my handle to um, like Anne Poetry. And um, even with my um, on like uh, on my public Facebook, it's also 
Ann, and then um, on my TikTok, it's also Ann Poetry. Um, but I have like my legal name there too, just so um, people have something to refer me to, I guess, refer to me as. Um, that was a recent change I had made was put my legal name on there as well. Okay, I was just curious. Um, how'd you get started? Um, so that is actually a, a, a little bit of a story. Um, so back in, 2017, <laughs> uh, back in 2017, um, I had left an abusive relationship that I had been in for two and a half years, um, which was really hard for me to do. I'm, I'm an empath. And so I have this thing where most of the people I end up like befriending or dating were narcissists at the time. Like I had a hard time differentiating them from real people. Like, well, I'm not real, you know what I mean? Like from other people, from healthy relationships, I couldn't understand the difference. And so when that had happened, um, at the same time, I had lost my best friend as well because um, her and I got into an argument over actually relationships and, um, it, it just ended up being an argument. So I like, I had left my relationship and then like two days later, I had lost my best friend. She was, she had decided that we couldn't be friends anymore. And I had been friends with her my entire childhood up until that point in 2017, um, which in 2017, I was 20, what year is it? 2021. Uh, okay. Yeah. So in 2017, I was 21. So yeah. And it was, so I had been friends with her for her entire life. And then she's a couple years younger than me. And then like most of my life. So that was really, that was harder for me than the um, relationship. But what happened because of that was this girl I had worked with, her name was Molly. She called into work and she drove an hour to my house and she had a bunch of movies. And then she had a stack of poetry books by R.H. Sin. And she actually had bought me a book as well. So she bought me my first poetry book. And she had also brought a stack. She's like, these are mine. I want them back. This one's yours. And um, I actually still have that book. It's not with me right now because my sister-in-law has it. But it was the, comp the compilation of The Broken. And um, we watched movies and read poetry. And uh, she gave me a notebook. And um, that was, she told me that what helped her through her first breakup was writing her feelings as she saw them, not trying to explain them to other people, but writing them as she saw them in a notebook. And she said that that's how poetry is, is writing things as you see them, like as they are in your head. And to other people, they seem poetic because you're not trying to break it down or make it logical for someone else. So yeah, that's kind of uh, how it started. It's, it's, it's interesting that you describe yourself as an empath because that was the impression I initially got when I found your Instagram. Because uh, you, some of the stuff you were posting, which then also translates to to the content of the book. It, um, yeah. Did you, um, you do the artwork? Yes, I drew it all oh. myself. You're talented. Um, Thank you. So how did you get from getting your first poetry book though to actually 
sitting down and writing your own verse? Um, so when, um, so it actually kind of all like um, landslided, landslid, landslid from there. Um, so it's funny that I ended up being a writer because I've been writing since I was in eighth grade. And I was always told I would never be a writer because I'm dyslexic. And I am very dyslexic. I have to put a lot of, I put my, a lot of my writing in um, like, um, like a translate um, app just to make sure it sounds good. Like it still flows even as like spoken word um, because I can't, sometimes I put the wrong words in. And so um, I wrote a lot of my emotions and stuff in a notebook. Actually, let me grab it real quick. Sure. was my first book that I wrote everything in and I wrote my emotions as I saw them and I had like all of these like different um, like verses I had written down and the more I wrote them the more I started understanding my feelings and the like so the more I wrote the more I wanted to write and that kind of like landslid into I showed them to Molly because she was the only one who knew I had that book. And she was like, wow, these are really good. You should publish them. She kind of said it as a joke, but I was like, I'm down. I want to do this. Cause like no one's ever said my good writing is good enough to publish. And I started working on art, which is um, also kind of funny because I've never been a good artist. I worked on art and I wrote, I just took everything that I filled in this notebook. Like I filled this notebook within a month and I decided to draw all the artwork, which took like a two, three months. And then I put it all together and um, had it formatted because um, I didn't know how to do that. My mom did. So she formatted the book and then we just published it on Amazon on nice. a whim. Yeah. Um, you know, I think, I mean, I don't know what the ratio was, but it seems like a huge amount of people who have been successful in the arts were told that they can't do it because of some hindrance, uh, you know, and dyslexia comes up a lot in a lot of these stories. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I think there was just something about, I don't know if it's the education system, the cookie cutter education system or what, but yeah, um, yeah I mean, I've been told that for a, a variety of reasons that, uh, oh, well, you know, do, don't you have a union that, you know, your your father can get you into? And I'm like, yeah, but that's not what I want to do. That's not what I want to do. <laughs> yeah. um, actually, I had to, um, like, growing up in the late 90s, early 2000s, it was that transitioning period for the education system. And so they still didn't have room for people with disabilities. Um, and so when we, we found out I was dyslexic at like five or six years old, um, about the time I was doing kindergarten. And um, so I did kindergarten and they were like, oh, she's dyslexic, we can't take her. Like the uh, public school system said that, they, they said that they could take me, but they could not accommodate me. And my mom was like, that's not worth it. And she's not like, she's not the world's greatest mom, but like there were a few things that she did that like, I was happy about I ended up being homeschooled my entire life because of that which ended up being um, good for a variety of reasons I had more time to pursue creative outlets that I enjoyed 
Um, I could set my own routine. Um, I recently found out I'm autistic and so I need routine. And having been in like, just working full time, having to be at a work environment for eight hours a day, five days a week is exhausting. And I, I miss the days where I could be home and I'd like to eventually pursue writing from home. So I'm trying to do that on top of working. And so it's kind of a back and forth, but. Yeah, I, uh, I see on Instagram, you're a barista. Yes. So you have the second most important job in the world next to being an artist. Um, <laughs> I just want to point out this, uh, I can't adult today sign behind you. Oh yeah. <laughs> Uh, my, my, my brother got that for me. He, uh, he got me an, I can't adult today one. And then I have uh, one for puppies. And then I had one that is at my, um, my bedroom at my parents' house. And I wanted to take it with me, but I didn't, I like forgot to grab it, but it was on the wall and it was a metal one that says, um, that it was like, um, the United Sarcasm Society um your your opinions don't matter and then it just says um from like from the union of the smartiest panniest and i was like uh, uh, it was just like a really funny sign and i had it up in my room and then i had like a bunch of like sassy remarks all over my wall and this is my office now so i'm like trying to like slowly morph it into that yeah i love that that term adulting because i it's my number one excuse for not doing my taxes i can't adult today you know <laughs> so immediately my eyes went to it. I'm like, oh. Yeah, um, how it is. Are you uh are you developing your uh second book? Yeah. Um actually um I have just recently picked out the title for it. It's gonna be titled Glass Roses. Um it was valid enough reason to get a glass rose on Amazon. <laughs> so um let me pop this up and so you can actually see it. Yeah, so I got a crystal rose on Amazon just because I, I obviously needed it for writing inspiration. And um, I'm actually writing out my final draft before I send it to beta readers. What's beta readers? Uh, beta readers are people who read your content, like who specifically like that genre. That was something I failed to do the first time was make sure they actually like the genre before I send them the book. Um, so there are people who like that genre who basically read through it and just find um, different like formatting errors or um, like, hey, I don't think this flood right. Or, hey, it was actually hard to read because of insert error here before okay. you send it off to like Amazon self-publishing. Right, okay, yeah. Um, yeah, I think I do that too. I just don't call it that. Interesting term though, um, beta readers. I mean, I'm not even sure that's the real like term. Um, I have, um, well, cause like, you know, it's commonly known that people beta test games. Yeah. And so I like in my brain, like, I don't even know if I've ever heard it like referred to as beta readers, but like, I've just like the term beta test used yeah. in video games. I've just kind of morphed it over to writing. I'm like, oh yes, they're beta reading this. I like it though. Um, the I just like reach out to like people. I'm like, hey, can you just do a quick grammatical edit? Don't tell me to rearrange anything. Right. <laughs> you know, they just do it. But I prefer the term beta reader. I think I'm going to start using that. Yeah, um, it's it, that's just something I've always like been like, hey, like, can you just beta read this? And people are like, what? And I'm like, I'm like, can you can you just read my work and tell me if there's any problems? And she's like, oh yeah, sure. And so, you know, it's interesting too. Like, you 
you described them as people who are specifically interested in the genre and you had said that you didn't do that initially. Mm -hmm. um, I find that that's really common uh, with uh, people in their first books where like, especially with family, um, the feedback isn't as useful as it could be if it was somebody, from somebody who has experience with that genre. Exactly. I think, um, so my, one of my closest friends, I love her to pieces. She does not like poetry at all. Just does not. And so she was one of the people I had sent my book to the first time. And it is honestly the most discouraging thing when people who like, when you ha get feedback from people and they're like, well, it wasn't really good. I mean, it was all right. But then like, if you then I started getting like actual feedback after I published my book. Like, I don't know if you've seen um, the reviews I have on Amazon, but I have nine five-star reviews. There's not very many, but there are nine positive reviews and that's what I'm excited about. And it's all from people who actually like poetry. Like, oh, hey, I stumbled across your book. I really like poetry. And so I like your book because I like this genre. And then it like occurred to me that I'm like, uh, I should send it to people who already read poetry to yeah. see if it instead of people who don't yeah i learned that lesson when i got into making art house films yeah. I, um, I produced this one hour movie which is really hard for people to get through if they're not used to watching art house cinema and you know it just didn't do well it even got kicked off the amazon platform because people weren't they wouldn't go past three minutes the first three minutes and that was one of the the things that red flagged my movie and um eventually when i I finally negotiated it back on there and I only right. sent it to people who are used to that genre and it's been doing much better. Like, um, and I never, I never targeted the, you know, I guess that's why you need to target your audience because right. people, you know, aren't necessarily going to be your audience. No. And that's, that's actually been the hardest part. Um, my, uh, friend and I right now actually are doing a competition to grow our social media accounts. We've each picked, three accounts and um she does art much like um i don't know if you've ever seen like where's my bubble or like other artists like that who do like comic strip books and mm. like modern like adulting and it's and so like a lot of people follow them on like instagram and stuff for their stuff and she does stuff like that and her art is super good but she's like i don't think i could do anything with it and so we have a competition going and um we are having to learn that when you find your art audience, you can actually grow a little bit, like, instead of trying to, like, recruit your friends, because they're not always your audience. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the honestly, the people I grew up with and the people I'm related to, they really only care about the stuff that concerns what they know. So if I make yeah. a film in my hometown or if I write a poem about growing up there um they'll be interested in that but they don't give a shit what i'm doing in new york city oh exactly <laughs> no, they're not interested in that at all um my yeah i've learned specifically like that never to let my parents read my writing because my mom i like i said she's she's amazing she's not the world's greatest mom she does have um narcissistic personality disorder she's awesome most of the time but like sometimes like it just kind of like it's almost like a flip of a switch and so I've never I don't let her read my reading because she looks at it and only worries about how it affects her and she's like what are people going to think about me like 
you write about all this heartbreak and she's like do people are people gonna think i'm a horrible mom and i'm like you didn't cause my heartbreak though like you're not you're not like the main she's like i know what people are gonna think i'm a horrible person i'm like i don't think people are gonna think that and they're gonna be like hey someone relates to me i think she might have followed me on instagram at one point was she on instagram because she was uh, a graphic she's designer yeah, the, yeah yeah she's a web designer yeah and um I, I think she found me because I was responding to your stuff, but then I like switched my account over and then switched back and I lost all my followers. But, oh my gosh. Um, I don't know. She always struck me as fairly supportive. <laughs> oh yeah, no, she, she is. Like as long as I do not let her read any of my stuff, she's fine. Yeah. Like, she is supportive of me until she starts worrying about what people think of her. And, I, <laughs> and I've noticed that I have to find that balance where I'm like, so I don't let my parents read it. And then I don't, I typically don't sit, like if my siblings are like strike up an interest in it and they're like, Hey, I want to read your stuff. And I'm like, Oh, okay. I'm not going to like offer it up though. Yeah. Same. And uh, I think that's the healthiest way to do it. I, I think most parents too, at least in my discussions here, um, they want to know that you're on your way to being financially successful for a minute. Otherwise they don't want to hear about it. <laughs> right. That, that is so, so true. <laughs> That's exactly what my dad is doing. He, he wants to know I'm safe and financially successful. That's why that's why he has me published under a pen name. Even though um, now that I, like now that I'm like switching over to my legal name, I am still gonna publish under the pen name just cause that's something he picked and I like it. Um, but it's gonna be like connected to my legal name still. And I'm still trying to find that balance too because I'm not as, I live in the city now rather than in the middle of nowhere. So it would be a lot harder to find me if they were just like, oh, she lives in North Carolina. Right. Cool. Pick one of the big cities and start looking like there are like 10,000 people per big city. Like, good luck. Yeah. Um, do you have um, a main website yet? Um, I don't actually. I was thinking about uh, doing that. If this next book goes well, um, I wanted to work like hire someone to help me set one up um but we I wanted to wait to see how this works and to see if I can like if I can properly like grow and promote myself on the existing social medias I have then I'm going to try like having a website and um, having my books on there as well um but I wanted to kind of like test the waters first yeah that makes sense and I feel like you're you've done fairly well just using social media yeah and um not even like so i haven't really even promoted myself until this like so january 21st was when i actually started really going i'm gonna start doing this and that's when my competition with my friend brenda started uh, but before that like i didn't really do much um i just kind of let my social media sit there and then i occasionally posted but I didn't really have any plans or anything like that and I grew a lot through that, like, since my book has been published. And so I, I think actually focusing on it, I might grow a lot more. So we'll see. So you said you had nine reviews on Amazon and you're trying to get to 15. I saw yeah. that video on Instagram. Um, I don't know if I posted a review because I don't really post reviews. And if I do, they're not even under my oh, name. You should go back and post one. Yeah, I'll go look and make sure. I, I don't know if I was one of the nine or if I just didn't do it. Um, I, I mostly review on Goodreads. Are you? Is your book on Goodreads? 
Um, I don't, I didn't put it on Goodreads yet. Um, that is something I, I have been told is a good thing to do and I should. Yeah. Um, it's pretty easy. Um, and then they'll, they'll give you an author page, um, as long as you can verify that you're the author. Um, yeah. and yeah, I would recommend that and I'll definitely post there. Um, and I'll, I'll look on Amazon. I want to be part of your yeah. 15. <laughs> yeah. Cause like, I know I've sold, I've sold um 40 books um so i'm like somewhere around there. i've sold around 40 and um i'm like i know i can get 15 out of you guys like yeah. this that's it's a it's a small goal but we're getting there it's hard to get people like it's easy to get people to just do blind support for the most part yeah but like to get people to actually publicly respond in any kind of way like the trailer for my current project it's been on Amazon. It's about 4,000 views, like no comments, like nine thumbs ups. And that's right. it out of that 4,000. And it's just like, how do you, how do you get people to interact? There, um, there was this, there's this book that I read. I want to actually order it on Amazon. So I, since I'm taking a break from college, um, I'm a psychology philosophy major. And so since I'm taking a break, I was like, you know what? I want to continue learning. So I got a um, library card at our local library. It's like five minutes on the road. And so they see me every week and they know what I'm doing. They're just like, all right, hey, how's it going? <laughs> but um, I got the book. It's called The Dragonfly Effect. And it's specifically about um, how to do an effective like movement, like, how to get people to not just like blindly follow what you're doing. And they actually did some, like it's, it was a recent book, like back in 2018, I think it's when it was written. And it was really fascinating to see. Cause like they specifically like shared like examples, like the first chapter, like they used their own method to show you a story of someone and how they also used the method and what that did. Um, it was someone who needed a bone marrow transplant and um, and they were mixed race. So the likelihood of them finding a bone marrow transplant was like 0.03% in America. And they he needed one within a month was basically what it was. And then, so they had started like trying to reach out to people and figure out how to do this. And they found someone else who also needs a bone marrow transplant. And he's also mixed race. And he also has like a smaller amount but he only has uh, three weeks. And so they made this huge social media movement. This was back in like 2008 when it happened. And that was how we got the bone marrow database that we know today. Like we blew it out of proportion because of that social media movement that they did just to see if they could, it was, it wasn't even like done by business people. It was these three friends of his wanted to save his life. And that was, that was the motivation. And they like turned the world upside down getting people to even donate or get tested to see if if their bone marrow would match his. And they ended up finding a match for both. Um, neither men ended up surviving because they both ended up um, relapsing and uh, after going into remission um, and they passed away. But like, it's still, um, by doing that, like the byproduct of doing that, trying to save two men's life, even though neither of them survived, they ended up saving 8,000 that year. Yeah. 
they made history by doing that. Yeah. Um, and it was just, it was just three dudes yeah. trying to save their best friend's life. And they were explaining that, um, in order to make a movement, you need to make someone care enough to want to do something, yeah. but not just do that, make them care and then give them that opportunity say, Hey, like I'm evoking emotion in you. He, this thing needs to be changed right now. Instead of being like, Oh my gosh, yes, it does. Be like, this is how you can change it. Here's your opportunity. God, that's good. Yeah. And they like it, it's a it's a fascinating book. I highly recommend it. I yeah, I'll link it, to it. Yeah, because it was like it was really interesting to read because it wasn't like how to manipulate people. It was like genuine causes. He's like, if you're supporting something that genuinely helps people, he's like, because I think like the tagline was not another salesperson. It was like if you genuinely like care about something and you genuinely want to help people and you invoke that emotion you feel in what you're doing, other people will feel that emotion too. That, that, that's great. I'm going to link to that book. I'll, I'm going to get that book too. Um, yeah. That sounds amazing. And it sounds like the right spirit for this sort of thing. Um, because in the end, like, I mean, I guess sales matter to a certain extent, but really just the interaction that's really yeah. what I don't that's what I've always been after is I want people to reach out and ask me questions about it right I want to like um something that I've been doing um with this competition you know one of the since we decided that we were doing three social medias which is more than I've ever done in my life I decided to do YouTube as one of mine and I was like well Good. I'm like how am I supposed to make a lot of content if I'm just doing poetry and so what I was thinking about was when I was starting out and looking at all of these places, trying to figure out how I'm supposed to start all of these places that would be like, Hey, this is how you start. And it'd be like, if you have 10,000 followers, this is how you grow from there. And I'm like, no, I don't have that many. And I'm like, I have 10, I have 10 followers. Like, yeah. how do I start where I'm at? And like, I feel like a lot of those videos always started with, well, once you're at 500, here's how you grow from there. And it was like, always like a starting line, but like no one ever knew how to get up there. And so I'm trying to like I've been doing a couple of um, videos. I'm trying to like consistently start doing some where I am um, explaining like how to self-publish from the start. And then I'm actually also trying to explain like my social media journey. Cause I'm like, I'm only like, I am only at 500. I mean, that's way better than I was before because when I started, I, again, I was at 10 and they were all people I knew. So um, I want to be able to be like, okay, so this is where I started. Like all the way back to, at the beginning, this is where I started. And this is how I grew my account from there to where I'm at. And this is what I'm doing to try and grow from where I'm at. Yeah. I want to help the small people. Yeah. I don't care about the bigger people. They've, they've got their yeah, own stuff. YouTube has this weird thing where, um, I mean, I stream some episodes on YouTube, but I haven't made it my main thing because their algorithm works against uh, smaller people. But um yeah. They have this feature where you can post updates to your subscribers, almost like a timeline update, but yeah. you need 10,000 subscribers to, to use it. Yeah. And I just, I don't get that. It makes no sense to me whatsoever. It's like, um, they're helping out the big people. Yeah. Um, one thing that I thought was interesting. So the first video I posted on my YouTube, um, so my YouTube, 
Um, username is Poetic Soul, and if you search it, I'm like one of the first ones that come up. Um, I'll do that now. But um, it's like my name on YouTube. Because like what I want to eventually do, um, something that my friend Kyle and I are doing, we're both in North Carolina, we're both poets, is we miss doing poetry readings because of COVID. Like things have not, just not been happening. And so we're, we want to eventually move to do an online poetry group, but just local, like just people in North Carolina, like in the same state as us. So we, um, so it's not like um, out of reach information, if that makes sense. Cause like when you, when it gets too big, you're like, Hey, I need help with this thing. And they're like, Oh, Hey, I know someone, but I'm all the way in England. And like, and that's like the hard part I've had with some of the writing groups I'm a part of is I don't have any local help. Yeah. And um, so we wanted to do something local because we know there's a lot of poets in the area. North Carolina is a big state for like poetry competitions and poetry readings. Um, even like button poetry has competed in some competitions in North Carolina. So we wanted to do a local one where we could like meet via Zoom or something. And then we also like have like a group on like a social media like Facebook where like people can join and like post their work and say, hey, like I need some feedback or like, hey, this is my new video. Like, guys, let me know what you think. Like, I, I need, like, honest feedback. And it, like, again, comes from that point where it's like, hey, these are people who are also in the same genre as me. So they'll give actual feedback instead of, like, oh, I don't like this. Anyways, so it's horrible. And so eventually I want to post other people's spoken word poetry on there as well, um, which is why I chose that name. Um, but... For now, you're gonna, you're gonna become your own. You're gonna become a publisher yeah. of others. Yeah, basically. That's cool. Yeah. Um, but I noticed that my first video I posted was my um poem metaphors in in my book thoughts and metaphors, and um that poem actually got over 600 views within the first hour, and I was like, that's really weird because I don't know I don't know why people are watching that. And then I was actually looking it up and apparently YouTube um, also prioritizes keywords, like one worded um, keywords and one worded titles. Um, that was something I found when I was, I like doing research. Um, I've always been told that it's, uh, one of my coworkers would always tease me that uh, she's like, well, you're autistic, you're good at math, right? And I'm like, I'm good at research. That's, 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 the, that's where my brain hyper focuses. I am good at math too, but like not, not algebra. So I like research is my thing. And I am the kind of person that will, will scour the internet for eight hours. Like just, just in passing, looking for research, I will like go down the rabbit hole and I'll be like, oh, hey, so I found this article about this subject that you were talking about. And I'm, then people are like, how did you find that? And I'm like, well, it was posted back in 2010. And so these are the details of what happened. They're like, where did you find that? I was like, it was on page like 800 of Google. <laughs> it's fine. And so researching, I guess, um, I found something posted um, by one of the um, creators of YouTube was that they actually target keywords. It's almost like um, what Google does is they're, they're trying to be like Google. And so they target keywords. Hmm. And so that's apparently why that one did well, but the other ones didn't is because that one had a key word that people have been looking into lately. Interesting. That's good to know. Yeah. Yeah, I want to hack that system. And oh, make same. it work. That's uh, so, great. you know, um, it, I know that the, 
you probably know this already, but if you, any links you want to provide me to post in the description of the episode, I'll direct traffic to you. Um, I love that you're using YouTube. I think, you know, one of the things I, uh, I was trying to get all of my peers and my MFA to do was adopt video. Mm-hmm. So many of them just didn't understand why YouTube is an important social media outlet. I'm like, you guys, people are legit making money off it when it when it takes off. And I don't really see writers on there that much. Um, that that was actually, it's, it's a, that was a thing for me too, was I didn't, I wanted to kind of like break the like little mold of it because um, button poetry is the only place that I'm seeing that the only group that I see that's on YouTube, really, yeah. um, for the most part, I don't see anyone else. Um, and honestly, even like writers, like if I Google like how to self-publish things, it's mostly like monotone college teachers telling you how to do assignments and how to pass the class and tell you basically how to answer the questions on how to self-publish. Yeah, and I those. Oh, they were like so. If you like look up like writing videos, it's like a lot of people who are very unenthusiastic about it. And um, I know that when I get to it, I'm very monotone, but I'm trying to be more like it's be- more because I'm like awkward around people. But when I get like excited about something, I am very enthusiastic, and I want to be on that part of YouTube. I want to be like, hey, this is my stuff. I'm going to help you because I'm a great person and I want to be your friend because I don't have any. (laughs) So I'm like, yes, this is where I want to be like, I want to get people also excited about their work, not to be like, oh, I have to watch this 35 minute long video about someone droning on about something they don't care about. Yeah. uh, And eventually when things open up, and uh, it's safe to go back to restaurants, you could mm-hmm. tie in public readings eventually into your output yeah. of work. That um, is something that I've been thinking about doing. Cause like we actually have a coffee shop down the road from us um, called the Holy Grind and they do, so they right now, um, I guess they used to have like, cause it's a very open space and they used to have like bands come in and play for like live music nights and then they're like oh yeah we had spoken word poetry nights and everything like that and obviously a lot of that's closed down because of covid and they're like yeah when i eventually when we eventually like open back up like we'd love to start doing that again and they told me they'd let me know when they start doing poetry again yeah well, some weeks back i had the founder of an indie press on here uh animal riot press and he was saying how his press started as a reading series oh that's, that's a- kind of a uh, an interesting uh they were doing a reading series in, in Manhattan and um, somehow, some way it evolved into being an actual printing company and they print oh. indie books. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so it was good to, it was good to meet you. I, um, I, uh, I'm doing these series, these sort of micro series within the podcast for April because April's National Poetry yeah. Month. And so, like your your podcast today marks day one of a five day five days straight. I'll be doing podcasts episodes with yeah. writers. Um, so it ends on Monday, or yeah, Monday. And um, 
Yeah, I think it's really cool. And uh, I hope that this directs traffic to you. Um, hopefully we can get you your 15 before the hopefully. end of the month. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll retweet that for you. And um, we'll, we'll hope so. Um, but I will, I will give you a link to my YouTube, a link to that book on Amazon um, that I yeah. recommend it. And... Also, if you want to link the first book that you got. Yeah. Way back when. Way and, back when. Um, yeah, keep me apprised about your new book. I'm interested. I, I, I will. Um, I'm hoping to um, finish the cover um, next month. I have like a goal day to have like a cover reveal. Um, I've drawn a lot of art for it, but I'm like, I haven't found like the right piece yet. So yeah. we'll see if that happens. So okay. hopefully this is what I'm aiming for. Sounds good. All right. Um, we'll be in touch. Thanks. All right. Thanks. Bye. Have a good day. Bye.